You're listening to Westside Church. For more information, visit us at westsideinfo.com. All right, we, uh, Steve and Terry are actually ministering down at uh, Lifestart Church down in uh, San Jose, where the, the, the church that the Max uh, planted uh, this morning. And so we have the privilege of having Tyler uh, preaching to us this morning. All right, Tyler. You know, I think I got like twice as much applause as that last time I preached. So let's try that again. I know, that was weak. I know, come on. We got Tyler this morning. All right. There we go. There we go. Lord Jesus, we do thank you very much for this wonderful man. Lord, we thank you so much for the word that you put on his heart. We pray that he would deliver it with the anointing that you provide, and Lord, with boldness. And Lord, I pray that for our hearts that we would be ready to receive it. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Uh, it's a privilege to be uh, able to share the word with you guys again uh, this morning. Um, is this on? Okay. I just can't hear it then. Great. I don't have to hear myself. Um, we've been uh, in the middle of our series uh, going through Romans, and it's been a, a challenging series. Paul doesn't hold any punches uh, when he's writing to the church in Rome. Um, and the past three weeks especially have been challenging because we've been talking about basically the whole time how we are, we are sinners. Um, Mark talked about uh, not, it not being an issue of following the law, like the word that was this morning, but, but an issue of being circumcised in your heart. Um, I spoke on, same, it was the same message almost two times in a row, but that it comes down to a heart issue and that it's for everyone, not just the people who follow the law, but those who don't follow the law. That's who the message is for. And then Steve last week again spoke on, we are sinners and all the bad deeds that come with the life of being a sinner, right? And so this whole time, Paul is setting us up uh, for this culmination of what he's going to bring together in the end of Romans 3. Um, And I'm excited to share uh, this message with you guys this morning. But if you would turn with me, I had, I was uh, reading John 8, 4 through 7, and I just, I just wanted to speak this verse first, and it says, Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? The law of Moses says to stone her for her sin. What do you say? And Jesus, they were trying to trap him into saying something that they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Those of you who have kept this law, the law that tells you that it's okay to stone this woman, those of you who have successfully kept it, why don't you go ahead and throw the first stone? And if you know the rest of the story, they slowly dispersed and the crowd left. And then Jesus says, go and sin no more. Not one person in the crowd, not one person who felt like they had the law and that they were following the law and doing the things that... that, that God had given to them, not one could say with a clean conscience that I'm worthy to throw the stone and cast judgment onto this woman because we are all sinners. I feel like that, that sums up the past three weeks. We're all sinners and not one of us is righteous or worthy. 
So I get the privilege of sharing uh, this morning the good news, the gospel of Jesus. I love, I love sharing the gospel. And if you would turn with me to Romans 3, uh, 21, and we're going to read through 31 this morning. But God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law, as was promised in the writings of Moses and prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ, and this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned, and we all fall short of God's glorious standard, yet with undeserved kindness declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. And this sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in past times. For he was looking ahead and included them in what he would do in the present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just, and he declares sinners to be right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. That is some wonderful news for all who believe, for all of us. And so my first point this morning is that we are made right. We are sinners, all of us. We're born into sin. Our hearts are wicked. Our, we give ourselves over to these things, these temptations, these struggles. We stumble day by day. But God made a way for us to be made right. And that way is through faith. We are made right through our faith. In verse 22, it says, we're made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. We're not made right by our faith in politics. (laughs) We're not made right by our faith in man or in people or in our job or in our works and good deeds, we're not made right by any of these things. There's no way that we can make ourselves clean enough, right enough to be right with God, but only by our faith in the one who was right, and that's Jesus who died on the cross. Amen? Amen. 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 So number two is... It's not based on our actions. For everyone has sinned, and we all fall short of God's glorious standard, yet with undeserved, we didn't deserve it. With undeserved kindness declares that we are righteous. And he did this through Jesus Christ when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. There's a penalty for our sins, and we cannot pay for it. There's no way we can pray hard enough, study hard enough, uh, be in, sit in God's presence in perfect silence long enough to make ourselves right. And this, Paul, Paul hits on this point multiple times, over and over again. You cannot do it. It is only by grace alone that God made us right when we believe by faith in Jesus. Um, I, I get this picture when I was uh, studying of of uh, sledding. Who, whoever's been like sledding on, not on like a sledding course where they have, you know, uh, lanes set up, but like you just go into the mountains and you go sledding, right? 
you go through, I remember as a kid going through like, it felt like it was four feet of snow, but really it was probably like two feet of snow or less because I was little. And you're trudging along and barely making it. Like, it's funny, like when kids go out, when we take our kids out, they get tired like that. But at the house, they're boundless energy, like jumping off of all the furniture and like wanting to go everywhere. You take them out and they get tired in five minutes, 10 minutes, like walking down the street. <laughs> but I remember as a kid, like walking through the snow, going sledding with my family, walking through the snow, going up this hill and five minutes, I'm, t- I'm beat because you're going through this, this snow and you can't make it alone. You can't make it alone. And then I get this picture of my dad coming alongside and just picking me up, scooping me right up out of this, this snow that I can't, I can't make it on my own. But my father comes along and he picks me right up out of it like it's nothing, like it doesn't matter. And this is just a picture, you guys, of us and God. We can't make it. It is drowning. We're, we're, we're underwater. And he comes and he pulls us right up out of it like it's nothing because he is powerful and mighty. And he is, he is just and fair. We can't do it on our own, but we, when we put our faith in him, he can do it for us. And then number three is that it's because of Jesus' work on the cross. Verse 25, for God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. It's not just about Jesus' life, that he, was, that he was God and he lived, but it's because of the sacrifice. He atoned and paid for our sins with his blood and his death on the cross. It's not just faith in the man aspect of Jesus who lived. It's faith in the man aspect of Jesus who died and rose again and beat death. That's where our faith needs to lie is in the death of Jesus on the cross. And it is the perfect free gift for each and every one of us. I almost felt like this morning, after this worship set, that I didn't even need to talk. I feel like this set perfectly speaks the message that I'm sharing this morning. I'm, I'm in, in awe of God's goodness to us this morning. The words, there was a word this morning during prayer, and it was the perfect prayer for this message, that that we would know Jesus, that those in this room would know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. And I pray that, I pray right now, Lord, that you would soften hearts this morning to this message. I pray that you would show people how much you truly care for your children. Amen. So point number two, main point number two, is that it is for everyone. It's not for those who, who think that they're doing it right. It's not for those who feel like they're the ones who are called. It's for everyone. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes. Everyone who believes. That's all it takes. Is saying, yes, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. No matter who we are. There's only one God, in verse 30, 
And he makes people right with himself only by faith, whether they are Jews or Gentiles, whether they follow the law with every effort that they can give, with every human strength, with all their mind, or whether they didn't even know the law and couldn't care less about the law that God gave. But it's a matter of the heart. When we turn our, when we turn our eyes to him, whoever believes is made right with God. In 25, uh, the second half of 25, this is, this is something I feel like I just needed to kind of teach on. The sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in, past, in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just. And he declares sinners to be right with him, right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. This is kind of a challenging, challenging verse to understand, to com- fully comprehend. And I don't think we ever will. Some of these things we don't understand in our own uh, thinking. We exist limited by time, and God doesn't, isn't limited by time. So I look at this like saying that their sins were paid for, when they're looking forward to what God will do on the cross. That's kind of like saying, oh, I'd like to pay my mortgage uh, with the money I'm going to earn in two years. Okay, is that cool? I know I'm, ba- I'm, no, I'm going to fall, be- no, fall behind unless I pay. So in two years, I'll get paid, and I'm going to give you what I owe. It doesn't make sense to us. It just does not. But God is not limited by this time that we are bound to. He's not limited. So he can say, I'm going to pay for this right here. It's like when he paid for our sins 2,000 years ago. It's just, it, it's incomprehensible. I'm going to pay for my groceries, but my buddy actually paid for them three and a half, four years ago for me at this very store. So I'm just going to use that credit that he paid for me. It doesn't make sense. But God is not limited by time. Uh, and I look at, you know, Abraham and David. Abraham was a father of faith. And he looked ahead for what God had. And, and David writes in Psalms 32, 1, Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. David knows, he knows what's ahead. He knows the sacrifice that will be made and God counts him right. And David was a man after God's own heart. And he washed him whiter than snow because he looked ahead at what Jesus would do on the cross. They didn't need to know, they didn't need to know the details of his life. They didn't need to know that he lived from this date to this date. They didn't need to know that. We don't need to know that. We just need to know what he did on the cross. And we, but we are privileged to have the word of God that does give us details of his life. They didn't even have that, and they were counted as right. So how, how much more of a privilege do we have when we can look at the life that he lived and the sacrifice that he made for us? Mm. Verse 27, we're going to move on to uh, point number three, but verse 27. Can we boast then that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It's based on faith. It's not based on our actions. It's not based on our works. It's based on faith. 
So we're made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. After all, is God the God of the Jews only? Isn't he also the God of Gentiles? Of course he is. There is only one God, and he makes people right with himself only by faith, whether they are Jew or Gentile. Well then, he says, if we emphasize faith, does this mean that we can forget about the law? And he says, of course not. We can't forget about this. In fact, only when we have faith do we truly fulfill the law. What does that mean? What does that mean? When we have faith, we truly fulfill the law. Verse 31. Of course not. In fact, only when we have faith. So God put his laws for his people to obey, not as the way to make themselves right with him, but as guidelines to live a life worthy of his calling, right? Because Abraham didn't have the law and he was the father of faith. He had his faith looking forward to what God would do. And so the laws were guidelines. Guidelines, like from, never mind. Never mind. All right. God still requires that the law be kept because that is the, the way for us to live a life worthy of his calling and the sacrifice that he made. In fact, when he judged his son and sacrificed him, the law, he, he required it so much that he did sacrifice his son so that we could be made right. It wasn't now by works, but it's by our heart. And when we put our faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross, our sins are forgiven. But that doesn't mean we could go on sinning, that we can just do whatever we want now because we have faith. We don't need to make ourselves right. No, when we love God, we should want, it should be our heart's desire to live a life for him because of what he did for us. In Matthew 7, 22 and 23, on judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. The actions were there for these people. The, the law, quote unquote, was there. They followed the rules. They prophesied in his name. They cast out demons in his name. They healed people in his name. And he said, get away from me. I never knew you. It's a matter of our hearts. But he does call us in John 14, verse 15. If you love me, obey my commands. He wants us to live for him. He doesn't want us to live for ourselves. When we know who he is, he wants us now to live for him. Amen? Amen. So that's, that's kind of the last main point that I had. But I was trying to think of a way, and I really felt like God put it on my heart to share with you this morning um, the steps that he brought me through to become a follower of who he is. So um, this, I, I just wanted to share this this morning. So my family, I grew up in a, a non-Christian home. You know, my parents went to church when they were kids, but we never went to church uh, as a family. Uh, my cousin, I think once or twice, my cousins and my cousin and aunt and uncle would take us to church. Um, and 
then I started, they, you know, my cousin really started inviting me to youth group and to church and uh, to all these things when we were kids. And I would make up excuses. I would say I didn't want to go. I, I, I can't make it that day. I'm, I'm helping my dad with something, you know, just excuses. I, I didn't really want to go. I thought it was boring. I thought it was, was lame to go. Um, and so we just, we were normal American family. Um, when I was about 11 years old, I think, when I was about 11, my parents uh, got a divorce or separated. And this was really hard on, on myself and my little sister. I was charged with the responsibility of deciding where we would go, who we would spend our time with. Um, so that was a little bit of responsibility. And I, I really struggled with this because every time my parents would fight, it was because of something we, we had done or the arguments that my sister and I were in. And I struggled with this, and I, I went through counseling and uh, they, you know, just trying to change my heart. The counselor would try and change my heart. My parents were concerned for me because I, I internalized everything. And so um, finished counseling. That really didn't help much. But uh, so I started, you know, I went to middle school and high school, and I started hanging out with the wrong crowd. Uh, my friends, I mean, they were nice guys, but they just didn't do the things that you sh- uh, someone who loves God would be doing. And I didn't know God at this point. Um, and so I got introduced to paintball and really fell in love with the sport. Um, Joe, Joe, right sitting right here, I'm going to single you out. He's been one of my friends since, li- since we were second, third grade. And uh, we started playing paintball together, and we just... We, we had a blast with this, this paintball. I started playing on league teams and all these. It was awesome. I thought it was great. Um, I used to work at the paintball field and uh, volunteer in the store. And I remember very clearly the day that God started speaking to me. <clears throat> we were out at the field on a Saturday for... Uh, the game day, right? And I remember the the day so clearly, and and the smells of in the air, and it was it wasn't raining, but it was drizzly all day, and that made it a fun day. It's adventure, and it's exciting. You get muddy and messy, and we just I remember the day. It was it was a good day of paintball, and I remember the smells coming up from the dry dirt when it just starts to get a little bit wet and the smell is coming up in that, that morning and the coolness and the gray, the gray cloud cover. And the day was over and we were all packing up. And I've, I'd probably done this a couple hundred times at this point. And we're packing up our stuff and there's these there's CO2 tanks that go on, the, on your, your paintball gun. And I remember I'm looking down and I'm taking this tank off my gun, and I know that something's off, something's not right. You do something a couple hundred times, you know when it's right, and you know when something's off. But I, didn't, I couldn't place it, I didn't really know what it was. And so I'm taking this tank off my gun, and in the blink of an eye, I'm, it's, the gun's in my hand, but the tank is nowhere. It shot off behind me, and it was gone, like that. 
And when I turned around, I saw a lady slumped over an ice chest. And what had happened was this tank shot off and it struck her in the back of her head and she died right there on the spot. Now, I don't, I don't know what you guys have been through in your lives, but that moment changes your life forever. I remember I, I didn't know what to do, and so I ran away. We don't know what to do in this life, so we run sometimes. We try and run from God. We try and you know, get out of the situations that we're in. I didn't know what to do, so I ran. And when I came, I knew that I had to tell someone what happened. So I came back and I told the owner, I said, this is what happened. And I remember seeing the lady's husband walking to me and I thought he was going to pump, you know, I thought he was going to attack me. Thinking as a husband, I don't know what I would do. I would hope that I would have the grace that this man had because he came up to me and he wrapped his arms around me and he embraced me and he says, I'm going to protect you like you were my own son. And right there, God started speaking his love to me. That's the picture of his love. I'm going to protect you. You are mine. That is his love for us, for you. I remember a week later at her memorial service, her daughter goes up front, and she starts singing a song. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. We're blind. We're blind. We're blinded by sin. We're blinded by the things in this world, by the lures of this life. And God opens our eyes, and he's the only one who can do that. And when we see, we see him. We see the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus on the cross for us. That's the message that I want to share with you guys this morning. It doesn't matter the life that you live before you know him. The things that you do, the people that you hang out with, the, the sin that's in your life, God is bigger. God is greater, and he is mighty to save There's nothing that you can do so bad that you're beyond his power to pull you up out of the snow and carry you like it was nothing. There might be consequences for us on this earth, but in God's eyes, you can be made right. It doesn't matter. And some of you are thinking, my sins are too great for God to forgive. And I'm telling you that they are not. When you... When... In my life, this thing felt like something that was too big. I was called killer. I was called murderer by the, my peers at school. It seems like a, something that's too big for anyone to overcome, but God is greater than the circumstances that you're in. I want to ask the worship team to come up, and I want to I pray for each and every one of us here this morning. For those of you who don't know him, you can be made right this morning. You can be made right. And for those of you who do, this message is an encouragement for us. It's, he gives us the law. He gives us these instructions. He gives us the way to live our lives. And we do falter. We do make mistakes and we mess up. 
But what he calls us to every day is to turn from our sins and look to him and fix our eyes on him and take one step at a time, slowly moving to the life that he's calling us to live. So if you believe in him, take that away from this message this morning. We're called to live for him and no longer for ourselves. But if you don't know him this morning, I want to ask if the lemmings can be up here, if um, a couple other leader couples can be ready to pray. I want to ask if you don't know him this morning, if you would just come up. This is, this is a big decision and it's scary. It's scary sometimes. But God wants, he's calling your name He's calling your name and he wants to bring you and wrap his arms around you and call you son and call you daughter this morning. So let me pray. And if we would stand, if we would stand, I'm going to pray this morning. Lord, I thank you that you are bigger than our life circumstances. I thank you, Lord, that you save that you are mighty to save and you are fair and you are just. Lord, I thank you that you made the ultimate sacrifice and sent your son Jesus to die on the cross to cover our sins and that he rose and that he beat death and he broke the chains that hold us in this life, that grip us to this world that we are condemned. And Lord, I thank you for what you've done. I pray right now, that you would cast the doubts in the people's minds who, who don't know you yet, who are thinking, this is just a story. These are coincidences. This is emotion. But Lord, I pray that they would know that this is truth, that your word is true. You did come and die for them. And you are calling them to be sons and daughters of the God most high, of the creator of the universe. Lord, I pray right now that you would open their, open their eyes and open their hearts and minds to who you are. Break down walls right now, God. I pray for those who follow you and love you. I pray that you would help us day by day to walk in the power that you've given us, to live a life worthy of your calling, Lord. And when we make mistakes, when we falter, we would look to you on the cross, knowing that you cover our sins, but you call us to live for you. Lord, bless each and every one here. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're going to spend some time in worship in response to that word. Uh, we do have the elements of communion up here in the back and front. Um, so if you do want to come up and uh, do business with the Lord, just uh, if we can just make the line over like here to get the communion, to do your giving, and then just step over right here. Amanda and I would love to, sp to talk to you, or there's other leaders who would as well. Um, but today's the day. Um, don't put it off. If the Lord is speaking to your heart, even if you have felt like you've been walking with the Lord for a long time, or I've been going to church for my whole life, but I don't know if I've ever really given my heart to him. Today's the day to, to take care of that. Um, and let's, let's praise him. Let's worship him. But if he's speaking to you, he's speaking to you and calling this time out for a reason. Amen. He's good, isn't he? Oh, what a wonderful day. Thank you so much for coming. It's an amazing what happens when the church comes together in his name, isn't it? Amen. Have a great week. See you next time. God bless.